You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another edition of the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Today is when uh, is is Tuesday, uh, the 29th of November, 2022, with myself Shajil Ahmed and also Zakaria Sheikh as, uh, as well. Assalamu alaikum. How are you, how are you doing after a long time? Wa alaikum I'm doing well uh, by the grace of Allah. Yes, after a very long time. I mean, uh, I think this is our first time. Uh, yeah. You know, presenting, presenting together, together yeah. I don't think we've done it before, but uh, of course, we know each other yeah. as brothers in, in faith. And, uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be here, being able to present with you. That's good, uh, good stuff. Likewise, likewise, uh, as well. Um, we have, you know, some some interesting topics uh, that we're going to be covering uh, on uh, on today's drive time show as well. Uh, towards the latter part of the show. We'll be talking. Uh, we'll be talking about um, how 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 the weather is changing. Of course, everyone knows that, and uh, the winter is. Uh, I mean, it's safe to say that winter is upon us. We are definitely in winter because it's so cold right now. If you look outside, it's pitch black. Yeah, I mean, it's getting there. It's getting there. Mm. When the drive time show finishes, um, then it will be it will be pitch black outside. And um, one of the things which people are concerned about is their health when it comes to winter, mm. when it comes to the cold weather, and how to stay well this winter as well. So something to do with health, um, well-being, and uh, staying fit and fit and healthy, but also um, staying uh, staying positive as well. That's something that we're going to be speaking about towards um, or towards the second part of the show. In the first part of the show, um, we're going to be talking about languages. And uh, different things in regards to this is quite interesting as well. How language can form your identity. How sometimes you know it's uh, it's it's so it's so interesting how different languages are also uh, interconnected. How languages form societies, and how even in one even in one language, there's different sort of um, there's different branches of a language as mm. well. Um, and obviously, you know, different tribes, different uh, localities, different places, different cities, different mm. towns. They have their own dialects. They have their own way of speaking. And they have their own sort of phrases as well, you know, informal or formal phrases as well. So that's what we're going to be speaking about mm. in the first part of the show. If you want to contribute, the the lines are open. The number to call in, as always, is 0208-687-7878. And, of course, you can tweet us at uh, Voice of Islam UK or leave us any comments on our Instagram page which is also Voice of Islam UK as I mentioned the lines are open um, of course and it's, it's a live show it's an interactive show if you want to get in touch with us 0208-687-7878 um, now just to sort of uh, you know give a little brief introduction um, in regards to this uh, very interesting topic the Holy Quran. Let's turn to the Holy Quran. In chapter 30, verse 23 of the Holy Quran, 
Allah the Almighty states that among his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth and the diversity of your tongues and colors in that surely are signs for those who possess knowledge now the diversity of tongues which you know that, that you know that means languages the diversity of languages and colors points to a design and a designer of course the languages colors and all the different things which are related to that is a design mm. and of course that means that if there is a design if there is diversity in that design as well it's not just one design but there's different branches of that design there's different uh, categories of that design there's different forms of that design there definitely has to be a designer who designed all of this as well yeah definitely and you know sort of underneath this uh, diversity of you know of tongues or you know languages colors civilizations there lies a unity and unity of uh, of mankind and this oneness of un- unity or you can say oneness of uh, of humanity as well this leads to the inevitable conclusion of the oneness of its creator as well now this is you know very very interesting stuff and an english an english author Ed, uh, edmund de wall he recognized uh, this underlying unity and uh, famously wrote that uh, and i quote that with languages you can move from one social situation to another hmm. with languages you are at home anywhere and that's sort yeah. of the topic that what we're sort of uh, talking about with languages you are at home anywhere that's quite yeah. powerful isn't it i mean uh, it could be two ways right so hmm. a- anywhere you go and it's if it's not a your mother tongue you can say if yeah. you learn the language then you also you know slowly learn the the culture as well and you yeah. adopt that culture and you adopt you know you feel yourself home at that place but therefore you know in order to feel home at mm. that specific place where you move mm. um it's um you need to learn the language of course but also when you know that mm. there is a place where you can speak freely your own language you feel like okay you know people can understand me i can understand people so it's a mm. very powerful quote of uh, admont the wall that uh, um, you know has been said that uh, with languages you are at home anywhere mm. uh, very interesting of course very interesting and uh, so, you know sometimes it's uh, it's as if you know there's there's different languages as well of course and some people are multilingual Mm. Uh, in fact you know uh, you know because we're living in such a diverse multicultural um society it's easy to pick up you know words phrases mm. uh, of different languages as well if you're living in you know a place where there's a lot of you know a lot of you know pakistanis or indians or whatever mm. you, you you know I mean you're bound to pick up the odd word yeah. this and that or the phrases uh, as well um it, it also depends on you know what what because of social media or because of what you're sort of uh, watching in your free time um you know sometimes you can read something which is in a different language you can pick up a language like that if you're watching something in a different language you know for instance if you're watching something in uh, in Japanese for example and you know you have the subtitles there as well and then mm. you know you can pick up different words uh, in regards to that as well and you know what you said what you said before as well that when you when you learn different languages when you speak different languages or understand different languages mm. the it's not just the language element it's the traditions the customs as well which are associated with that with that language as well mm-hmm. and you can pick up those things as well mm. and I, i think that's a, that's a very good thing because as i mentioned 
we're living in a multicultural and then a very diverse um, not just a country, but the whole world is, you know, is, is a global village. You can exactly you know, everything is easily accessible. Mm. And if you know more about people's customs, people's traditions, um, you know what people actually hold close to them, you can also learn the languages, and also you can benefit from all of these different things as well. Mm-hmm. And this is true. L- language is a vehicle of communication that gives us the the freedom to express ourselves individually whilst also allowing us to connect with others regardless of our um you know of our differences as well now without language we as a society um you know let's face it we we would struggle we would struggle to function hmm. um and shared languages unify and strengthen the communities that make up a society as well um the the language we speak as individuals shapes our identity hmm. and helps us maintain connection um with our roots as well and it gives us back sometimes you know you're speaking a language you know whatever language it is mm-hmm. and you say some phrases you say some idioms or you say some you know some phrases which you don't even know the origin of that as well and the origin of that can actually you know take you back to take you back to the roots as well and that's the same with every language it's not just with english with urdu and i'm sure you know you how many languages can can you speak i think well, three or four isn't it uh, yeah i mean uh, <laughs> three or four um I'll I'll say um, I, I can speak English, Urdu. Yeah. Um, I have lived, uh, you know, before coming to the UK, most yeah. of my life, my childhood in in Belgium. So I mm. I know uh, Dutch as well. So that's uh, you know the official language of Belgium. And even also, in Belgium, there's two languages, isn't it? There's French yes. and there's also f- uh, uh, f- French Flemish and Flemish. Flemish, Flemish is yeah, basically Flemish. Dutch and, and oh Dutch, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have two languages. Mm. And then uh, they have also a small area where they speak Dutch, uh, German. German. So they have oh, okay. three languages. Mm. It's very interesting. Like Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Switzerland has Swi- three languages. Swi- well? Switzerland, uh, they speak uh, they speak uh, German mm-hmm. and also um, and also uh, uh, French, French as well. French, French as far yeah. as I know. Yes. French. French as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a very interesting, interesting country. I mean, if if you just you know cross um, from north to south, uh, mm. if you cross the middle. You'll basically go to the French area, and everyone will be speaking French. French so, over there, yeah. Uh, no one will be understanding that. So it's very, and it's a very small country as well. Mm. But yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes it's, you know many languages, mm. but then sometimes <laughs> to be very, because if you you know moving yeah. around, going to different countries, it's difficult to mm. uh, you know have a grip on one language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know unless you, you live I know you uh, at one place for a very long time. What, what about a Bangla? Do you, you know Bangla as well, isn't it? Oh, yes. By the grace of Allah, <laughs> my <laughs> parents, they spoke Bangla to me. Yeah. So that's why I still know Bangla. That's good. Um, that's very good. And so this, the reason I know Bangla is because they spoke to us and mm. they pretty much forced us to speak Bangla. Mm. Why? Because most of the time we spoke Dutch with the brothers as well. Oh, yeah, with your peers and, and siblings. Yeah. Siblings as well, friends and at school. But, uh, you know, um, at home with the parents, you know, we were not allowed to speak any Dutch words mm-hmm. or any other language than Bangla. So this way, this when way, I yeah. go back to Bangladesh, it's easy. It's easy it's for easier. me to communicate, understand the culture as well. So it's uh, it helps me a lot to understand mm-hmm. uh the, the the culture the Bangladeshi culture mm. I think it's pretty much the same with with any mm. in a ethnic group so any uh, 
for example, you know, yourself as well, your parents spoke I, Urdu with Urdu you as well, yeah. Yes, yeah. But uh, and, uh, I mean, unlike you, I, you know, be from Pakistan when you moved over here, mm. then it's just Urdu and English, isn't it? It's yeah. not, if we be with you, um, it's good that you've learned Bangladesh at home yeah. and then obviously Dutch as well, yeah. now English. English. And then Urdu, obviously, Urdu you had to learn Urdu as well. Yeah. But I don't know, some, I th- when all the Bengalis that I know, mm-hmm. they all of them can sort of, you know, get about speaking Urdu as well. Yes. It's good. Yes. But the other, you don't see that the other way around. <laughs> I yeah, don't know I why. Think, I think it's I don't know why. because Bollywood is very, you know, very oh, famous. And, in Bangladesh? You know, yeah, in Bangladesh as well. So, okay. you know, they'll have... Uh, national TVs, right, where mm. they will be pl- uh, playing Bollywood stuff and mm. even in Urdu stuff as well. So, uh, so that's why we know. You can pick up Hindi and Urdu. Yeah, so I can pick easier. up Hindi and Urdu. Also, Bangladesh is the the Bangla language is derived from Sanskrit, and mm. Sanskrit, you know, words from Sanskrit you have in you Hindi have Urdu, and, yeah, Urdu and Urdu as well, as well and yeah. Bangla as well. So that's mm. why you know uh, we pick it up very easy. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's 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 good to it's good to know that as well, and it's mm. good to actually. Um, you know, different languages as well. Be have, have, but it's also difficult to have a grip. You know, a proper grip on each language. In each language, but unless you, yeah. you only focus on that. Unless language. you focus on yeah, particular language. Yeah. As well. and let's not forget about Arabic as well. Arabic you can as read well, Arabic of course, yeah. With that as well. <laughs> but you can read uh, Bangla and Dutch and all of English. So as well, I can read Bangla, but not. I'll, I won't say hundred yeah. percent. I'll say. 60-70% percent. Mm. Uh, I can I can speak of course and and write maybe 30% because oh, okay. I haven't done it very very for a very long time. I remember going back in 2011 to Bangladesh mm. for to learn Bangla. So it was a one and a half oh, months to learn Bangla. Hardcore okay. learning Bangla yeah. so crash course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, a few of my uh, you know um uh, colleagues yeah. and and and, and the university mm. students they went there with the guidance of his holiness. Um, but yeah, um, this is <laughs> this yeah. is yeah. But by the grace of Allah, I have been able to learn my mother language as well through my parents, uh, the hard work of my parents. Alhamdulillah, that's very good. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let's get uh, let's speak to our guest who's on the line with us, Michelle uh, Michelle Batten, who is a multilingual um, stay-at-home mother from Canada, who is married to a missionary of the. Uh, of the Ahmadi Muslim community who is uh, who are posted in Paraguay. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Welcome to the show. Wa alaikum assalam. for having me. Zakum so much for for being here with us. Now, to begin with, firstly, can you share with us uh, which languages you speak and what led you uh, to learning more than one language? Um, yes, yeah, so I speak English, Urdu. Um, I studied French immersion in school. Um, after moving to Paraguay, um, I picked up Spanish also, and my husband is Bengali as well. So he, um, I picked up a little bit of Bangla. It's a language I still want to work on. Um, but yes, I, a little bit of Bangla. And of course, as Muslims, um, we do learn a bit of Arabic as well. We do learn how to read Arabic. Uh-huh. Um, so I can read Arabic. My conversation skills are not that great yet, um, um, but Arabic as well. Um, I think for me, because um, I was born in a multilingual family, you know, my parents spoke both English and Urdu with us. Um, English, because I was raised in Canada, so um, obviously I picked that up quickly. Um, one of the languages in Canada is also French. So um, it's a funny story, actually. My parents um, kind of pushed me to go into French immersion um, when I was a kid. 
Um, in my city in Saskatoon, they had late immersion programs. So up until grade four, I, I was in regular English school. Um, and then I wanted to go into the late immersion program in French. And because I was a year late, because they usually take in um, students in grade four, and I wanted to go in in grade five, they were really hesitant. Um, the administration didn't know if they should give me a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but then they kind of let me in on a probationary period, like, okay, we'll take you in for a few months, we'll see how you do. Um, and then, alhamdulillah, I picked up French um, quite easily, even though now, looking back, compared to Spanish, it is a much more difficult language. Um, but they were impressed, so I got to stay, and I'm so blessed that I had that opportunity because, honestly, learning French really um, was one of the things that helped me to pick up um, other languages as well, like, for example, Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember learning French as well uh, <laughs> more than a decade ago because um, I uh, studied in Belgium, and they have uh, you know, three languages. Um, so those people who live in in uh, the Dutch area, they it's mandatory for them to learn French as well. But I only learned it for a few years. I forgot that, <laughs> so I won't you know count that as an extra language that I know. Uh, but yes, um, you know if I go back and try to learn it, then I'll probably know it. But um, for you, how long did it take you to you know become proficient in all these languages, or or which language? Do you still know and you confidently can say that, uh, you know, I can communicate in these languages? Um, yeah, so kind of how you said, um, even though you study a language, I feel like if you don't practice it often, you do tend to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in that case, it's just kind of, it's, the knowledge is still there, but it's just dormant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me right now, French is kind of like that. For the past six years, we've been in um, South America, so if I wanted to speak fluently in French, I would probably have to practice again for a few months. Um, but English and Urdu for me are like my main languages. Um, I was um, raised speaking those languages. For French, um, like I said, I was in French immersion, so it, maybe it took me a year, um, a year or two to pick it up um, fluently. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, uh, with Spanish, because it was also a kind of immersion, but not school. It's like real life immersion. So I think Spanish is the language that I picked up the easiest, mm-hmm. um, apart from my name, English and Urdu, right? Because um, living in a country, you have no other option. In Paraguay, not a lot of people speak English or, or um, definitely not Urdu. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I was kind of forced to, to pick up Spanish. I remember the first time I ordered pizza in Spanish. It was such a proud, exciting <laughs> moment. I was like, yes, you did it. <laughs> uh, so definitely being in the place where you really don't have another first helps you to um, pick up the language for sure. Hmm. Um, so with with Spanish and uh, you know you told me that um, you also said that you're also learning Arabic. So does it help you to learn Arabic as well when you because you've learning Spanish as well? And it might be very similar because. I remember uh, th- there was a Spanish um, guy who, uh, you know, uh, took allegiance to Islam Ahmadiyyat uh, recently, and uh, I was going through the the kalima or the um, uh, you can say uh, the words when you uh, the words you utter when you become a Muslim, right? Uh, in Arabic, and I also was reading some Arabic words and. 
the Spanish guy was pronouncing the Arabic words very well. And I was uh, very surprised. And he was reading those Arabic, as in copying these Arabic words uh, after me. Um, and uh, he was not reading it out from somewhere because he could not read Arabic. And I was surprised. And he was saying, I said, have you learned Arabic before? And how do you, you know, you pronounce them very well. He said, um, Spanish and Arabic, they're very similar sounds. So uh, I didn't have any struggle to pronounce that because is it the same for you as well when you started learning? Uh, I don't know if you've started learning Arabic first or Spanish first, but did, did it help you to learn these two languages um, when you started learning them? Um, I'm sorry, I got a bit cut off in the middle. Could you repeat that? Oh, so I, was, I was just saying you said that you have been learning Spanish and also Arabic a little bit. When learning these two languages, was it easy for you to, because, you know, they say that if you know Arabic, it'll be easy for you to learn Spanish or Spanish. If you know Spanish, it will be easy for you to learn Arabic because they're very similar. The reason uh, I'm saying this is because, you know, I had someone who has taken birth recently who became a Ahmadi Muslim and he was repeating Arabic words and he's originally from a Spanish origin and he was saying that I didn't have any difficulty reciting the verses or copying them because they're very similar to uh, to Spanish. Yes, it's actually very interesting because there is a lot of similarities between Arabic and Spanish um, and you wouldn't um, expect it because um, outwardly they're very different languages. But um, there are a lot of similar words that um, come Arabic. I know that in, in Spain there was Arab influence for, for hundreds of years. Um, so there is a lot of Arabic within the Spanish language. And it's really interesting to see the, kind of, the words that are very, very similar in, in, in both languages. And I think that's the great thing about languages is that it really, knowing one really helps you to pick up another one. So, um, for example, because I can speak French and Spanish, if I wanted to pick up Portuguese now or Italian or um, or even German, like I think it would be much easier than if I was trying just from scratch or with just one one language under my belt, you know? Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when it comes to your day-to-day uh, day-to-day -day life, how does how does being multilingual benefit you uh, in, in in this regard? Um, I think there's so many benefits to knowing more languages. You never um, regret picking up a language, right? So I think, um, like you mentioned earlier as well, that language opens up entire cultures and traditions to you that you would otherwise have no clue about. Um, so that's a very beautiful thing. You really learn a lot about people and where they come from by learning languages. Um, of course, language comes in great use if you're traveling to foreign countries, but of course, even in our own countries, wherever we live, it opens the door to different communities. Mm -hmm. um, for example, after I learned Spanish and went back to Canada, I realized there's actually a lot of people in Canada who speak Spanish, where before I never um, really heard it or, or paid attention to it much. Um, mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of benefits. Definitely, you will never regret picking up another language. Absolutely. Um, so, um, sort of talking about um, the you know the the general public as well who are maybe listening as well and 
they're interested in learning learning a different language what advice would you would you give them or to those people who sort of they they want to learn a different language but maybe they lack confidence or they don't know where to start um they don't know how to sort of initiate um this uh, this as well what what piece of advice would you give them um i think the biggest fear that we have when it comes to languages is the fear of saying something wrong or messing up or maybe talking with an accent and looking a little goofy sometimes um but i think instead of fighting that you just have to embrace it um i think when you're learning a, a new language you really have to be okay with making mistakes and sounding silly from time to time but i think most of it is just in our head like we are much more self-conscious um than other people actually know or or care like i think people really appreciate the effort um that you put in if you try to speak in their language you know even if it's full of mistakes so i think just being okay with the fact that um it's okay to mess up it's okay to make mistakes um if you don't give yourself the opportunity to make a mistake then it'll be very hard for you to grow in a language so I would say don't be afraid of messing up. Um the best way to learn a language is to start speaking it immediately. In fact, I would say mess up sooner so that you can learn faster because mm. it's kind of the only way that you will um be able to become fluent in a language for sure. Very very interesting um uh, piece of advice there but uh, thank you thank you for that as well and, and I'm sure that um you know the listeners have benefited uh, from uh, from that as well. Um thank you so much uh, for joining us and contributing to the show. It's been a pleasure having you on. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi You know I think that was quite uh, quite interesting as well, you know. Yeah. I mean it's I mean the if you if you start if you want to learn a language, uh, I think the best way like uh, like I guess spoke about as well Michelle said that you should try your best to speak it. Doesn't yeah. matter if you make any mistakes or mm. not. You just just try your best to just speak it. If you make mistakes, that's fine. You you know if you pick up from those mistakes, if you actually correct those mistakes sooner, that 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 would be very good. Mm. Um, you know, one thing uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you as well. <laughs> you know, they say they say that uh, when you know a language, uh, or you know you know a language. when you start dreaming in that language <laughs> because i've i've had dreams in english and in urdu isn't it because those are the two languages my main languages isn't it but have you had, had, had dreamt in different languages <laughs> it's it's very different it's very weird because when people say that i yeah. dream in english or i dream in this language then yeah. i've never experienced that i can't remember yeah. that i dreamt in a specific language yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting it's, it's interesting but yeah. you know i can't remember that i've been mm. uh, you know I, i i don't remember what language i speak yeah. in, in in my dreams but when i pray then the language that i pray in is in bangla because oh, from okay. a very yeah. young age you my my, yeah. the, I, I, my mother told me the words in bangla that these things that you should be praying so mm. this is the language i i yeah. i your comfort language my mother language not even dutch so yeah. bangla and then uh, and, and i don't know about dreams though what about yeah. you what language do you dream yeah, but, uh, like uh, it's the same with you what you said as always that i don't really remember uh, obviously if there's any talking in the dream then yeah. you would remember because i have remembered you know talking in english and in urdu yeah but uh you know mostly it's just actions isn't it <laughs> mostly it's actions where you just see things happening isn't it yes you don't really um i mean obviously you do some people do as well they they talk they have mm-hmm. a communication with someone um and uh mostly for me it's both 
Yeah. And uh, you know, but uh, oh yeah, just the, um, just just that you know, you, you said by talking, I I've been speaking in three languages. <laughs> so uh, you know, if I'm speaking to someone Bengali, then I'll mm. be in Bangla, or or in English, and in uh, I don't remember Urdu, speaking Urdu to anyone, but mm. and and Dutch. Mm. So these are the three three languages or three main languages. Uh, isn't it? Yeah. So not sure That's if good. I've been if I've spoken in Urdu with anyone. Mm. Not not that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, but you know it, do, doing that as well uh, speaking more than la- one language is more than more than one language is is a is uh, you know is, is very beneficial it is it and, is and uh, you know it's it's good so you can interact with other people mm-hmm. uh, as well um you understand, you know, understand different cultures people. as well exactly. different customs exactly. um it's very interesting and uh, for example if someone lives in one country and mm. only learned one language they only would be they would feel comfortable in communicating or meeting only those people who yeah. are from that who, who speaks that language speaks that language exactly but if they would have to learn or speak a different language they will mm. they will not feel it uh, comfortable. comfortable yeah but someone who yeah. does speak different languages i think for them to learn a diff- another language will be, be lot, easier. will be easier i remember one or two youtube guys very confident mm. and they have learned so many languages mm. that this this specific youtube guy i don't remember what his name is but yeah. he goes up to guys and yeah. up to people in in uh, in places in like very busy places and mm. they would say that you can speak me in any language mm. and if i am not able to answer you in the same language i'll mm. give you 10 pounds of okay. uh, of 5 pounds or 20 pounds and most of the time he used he, to respond in the same language mm. so it's amazing how he learned so many languages i mean that the confidence and yeah. and 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 the willingness that you know i want to learn it i want to be able mm. to communicate with lingual, yeah. Dif- yeah different people it's, it's amazing so it's very <laughs> interesting i sometimes interesting. I, i do see his videos i think uh, i think it's a good skill it's a really good skill it is uh, to yeah. have as well and if you're you know sometimes um when you're you know when you when you're looking for work as well mm-hmm. um you know they say that uh, a person who's you know two people with the same qualifications <coughs> but one person can speak a, more than one language is multilingual he yep. will be more likely to get the get the job as get well get the job as well yeah he can you know converse with other people he can you yeah. can speak to other people explain mm-hmm. things to other people more than the other person even though they have the same qualifications so mm. that might be a distinctive factor as well yeah this is why this is why in schools um across you know across different la- different countries as well it's or it's talking about here in the UK they teach um different languages such as french spanish german mm. and these european languages um you know at a very young age in primary sometimes in primary school mm-hmm. but secondary school definitely it's a compulsory mm-hmm. it's a it's a you know it's a compulsory uh, topic a subject that you must take so you know th- these things are important um and uh, the way that we're moving forward as a society um it's important that we that we remember um you know other people mm-hmm. and just like you said if you speak a different language you'll be more comfortable going out and meeting other people as well yeah. isn't it mm. so it's a, it's a, it's a good it's, it's a very good thing mm-hmm. to actually to actually have mm-hmm. um the 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 fourth the fourth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat mirza tahir ahmad may allah uh, have mercy on him um also uh, you know uh, answer the question in regards to in regards to 
um, this as well. We'll listen to that a little bit later on. Um, but before that, let's speak a little bit about language and also religion as well. Because mm-hmm. obviously, in the voice of Islam, we, we have to, you know, it's important that we actually bring religion into this as well. It's not, I mean, talking about languages is good, but how important is it with religion? And you mentioned, you touched on this before as well, that sometimes your your mother language or that language with which you're with your 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 more comfortable in that language yeah. you can sort of pray in that language mm-hmm. with more intensity yes i know for for me just like you said you like to pray in in bangla mm-hmm. right that's your mother language for me my mother language is urdu mm-hmm. even though i think my english is better than my urdu mm-hmm. right i can read better in in in, Engl- in english even though i can read in urdu but uh, I would prefer doing my prayers in Urdu language. I don't know. It's just that it's just about that's my comfort language or my mother language. Yeah. And it's just something which I was brought up with. The, so yeah. maybe maybe it's like that. Yeah, I think, you know, that's because you brought up uh, yeah. in a... Your parents are from Pakistan, Pakistan and yeah. your, your mother <laughs> used to tell you that, look, you have to pray in, in an Urdu way. <laughs> and so you've learned it in yeah. the Urdu way as well. Exactly. Um, but yeah, um, uh, myself as well, I'm more comfortable in Dutch than uh, mm. over Bangla. Yeah. Um, but still, when it comes to praying... When it comes to praying, it's a bit different. <laughs> it's, it's a bit different, yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's true. I mean, um, religion and, and language have a historical connection due yeah. to the fact that major religion scriptures and holy books being written in a variety of different ancient languages. And, and, and it has a... Uh, um, a connection as well with 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 religion um mm. so people who practice religions um such as judaism uh, islam or hinduism they keep these languages alive uh and this in day and age where languages such as hebrew you know the, the quranic arabic the sanskrit you know, you know they've fallen into disuse mm. uh but they are kept alive by the believers who learn to read and understand them. And, mm. you know, if you look at, for example, um, you know, if you look at, for example, Arabic, yeah, uh, the reason why, you know, Muslims, they have to, you know, a lot of new converts, they will be asking this, uh, why do we have to learn Arabic? Or why mm. do we have to recite in Arabic? The reason behind that is because the only book that, you know, can prove a religious book that can prove that this is the exact text which was revealed to mm. uh, from God Almighty to Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings so, be upon so. him is exactly this mm. because people from that day onwards they've been learning this language so no one there is no way you can skip the Arabic part and go to the translation mm, because exactly. if you look at yeah. some of the uh, uh, scriptures religious scriptures they have the translation uh, for example, the New Testament, um, um, Jesus used to speak in um, uh, Aramaic, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the original text in Aramaic, you know, you cannot find you it anywhere. Find that. It's so in Hebrew, isn't it? it the, yeah, the it's, 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 it's very close to Hebrew. And mm. they don't have this language. And, you know, they don't have the original text mm. of, of Jesus. Mm. And they have, you know, the first um, language that was translated into was, was Latin. And then it was, uh, you know, changed, uh, translated into other languages as well. From so from that from, from that translation, that translation. So you can just imagine the, you know, how close it is to the original. Yeah, exactly. It? So, so it, you know, but some language, some some scriptures they do have their original text, 
for example, Judaism, Islam, and, and Hindus as well with, with Sanskrit. Uh, but when you look at the authenticity of, of, of a book being uh, totally, the whole book being uh, ori- in original text, mm. it's it's only Quran. Because mm. from day one, we had to learn the whole Quran, that, isn't it? right? So it's very interesting. Uh, and this is the the reason why we learn Arabic, because first of all, it was, you know, it was revealed in the language Allah or God mm. has revealed it in Arabic language. So it's important for us to learn the language that Allah has you know, revealed it to. Plus, it has Arabic is one of the, you know, we'll be discussing about that as well in in uh, in a bit you know that it's a mm. it's it's a very deep language it's a very deep language yeah, yeah. Um, I mean d- d- it's, it, it's so deep that sometimes when you're doing the translation you need a whole sentence <laughs> yes to describe one particular yeah root word or mm-hmm. one particular word and that's how that's how it is and it's it's important that you mentioned about this uh, as well that when we read the Holy Quran mm. right it, we read it in in Arabic and then obviously because you know we we can't speak arabic we need to learn the translation as well this is why mm-hmm. the translation is also important yes uh, but also when it comes to when it comes to prayers now the promised messiah upon whom be peace the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community mm-hmm. he also spoke about this as well that you know we we cannot leave the arabic prayers mm-hmm. um when it comes to salat when it comes to namaz or prayer mm-hmm. right the, the the five daily prayers but he also says something which is very interesting mm. he also said that after those Muslim prayers, after those prayers which you know, which were the practice of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, pray in your own language as well. Yeah. Because God Almighty, mm. He created all the languages, isn't He? He created everything. Mm-hmm. He's the creator of, of everything, the the whole universe. Mm-hmm. He understands every single language. Yep. Now some people say that you know they 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 you know they their language is not that good. Mm-hmm. They they can't speak in a formal way, mm-hmm. and maybe God Almighty might seem as if it might not be appropriate to, to speak in an informal way. Mm-hmm. But the, the promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, he said that in whatever language that you have, speak or, or pray to God in whatever language that you yeah. that you seem fit, even if it's slang, even yeah. if it's informal, mm-hmm. whatever way that you can communicate or ask God for help, mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And do that in your in your prayers as well. Mm-hmm. We'll speak a little bit more um, about this uh, about this topic as well because it, it is it is quite interesting. Let's get our next guest uh, who's, who's on the line with us, Bernadette Holmes, who is recognised as an innovative and inspiring linguist uh, who throughout her long career in languages has made a major contribution to languages education in England. Peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show, Bernadette. Thank you so very much. I, I'm delighted to be with you. Delighted to be with you. And very interested to hear the previous speaker and what he was saying. It's so very important to identity, to bringing peaceful communities that we do have recognition of all of our languages and use our our first language and all of the other languages that become part of us when Mm. we're living in societies. I think that's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a pleasure to to have you on and um, very interesting to, or we, we are interested to hear your um, comments and your um, remarks in regards to this as well. To begin with, can you tell us um, a little bit more about the aim of your campaign, uh, which is uh, Better Language yes. Skills for Britain? Absolutely, Better Language Skills for Britain. Well, I think the first thing we have to bear in mind is that we, in England, we have a bad reputation for those who, who, who just have English, that mm. we're not very good at learning languages. And we 
all of the people who believe that languages are important think we have to change that. And there are some 300 languages spoken in English schools and, and, and in our society. And what we want to do is to really develop a society which values languages and where every child will have a chance to learn another language. Every student will come out of their, their colleges or universities knowing another language. Businesses will recognize languages. And the who already speak a different language in addition to English are supported so that they can keep that language and culture absolutely alive and make sure that our communities are language rich. And that's, that's what we're really trying to do. So we think that language skills are important for business, but they're very important for individuals, hmm. for societies, for communities. And that's, that's really the, the, the heart of our campaign. I mean, very, very interesting uh, as well. Um, it's important to actually, you know, cherish those different languages as well, isn't it? Just like you mentioned. And although um, languages uh, already are, you know, they're being taught in schools, primary schools, secondary schools, uh, sort of European languages majorly, such as Spanish, French, or yes. German as well. Yes. But you believe that every language um, is, a, is a valued asset. H- how do you sort of explain to, you know, to, 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 to children or adults as well to actually learn different languages which yes. are less common? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the big challenge. It is the big challenge, as you say. Yeah. Uh, and we, we, we were very heartened to hear the former Minister for Education, Robin Walker, mm. he, he, he is now not a minister, as you know, it's now Nick Gibb, but he, he mm. talked about uh, the whole of the curriculum being more reflective of modern Britain. And he talked about really encouraging greater numbers of students to learn other languages, in addition to those ones that are taught, as you say, French, German, and Spanish, but he actually named Arabic and Polish as two of the languages mm. that are widely spoken in the communities and we're trying to encourage schools. So how are we supporting that? Well, I work with other organizations to really promote the importance of languages, and two in particular I'd like to mention to you, if I may, who are very staunch supporters of, of this whole ethos of the, mm. the, the developing of all of our languages, and that's the British Council is one of them, and um, the Association for Language Learning is another, Hmm. and actually if I were to name a third, it would be the Chartered Institute of Linguists, and Vice President, as I I have to admit to being being, uh, attached to the Chartered Institute of Linguists as well. But these three organisations in particular, I work with them a lot to promote languages, and what we're trying to do is to encourage schools one, to recognize the languages already spoken among the children in the school, as we were mentioning earlier, as first languages, in addition to, to their, their, their work in learning another language and also obviously speaking English. One is to promote that. And the other is we have explicit programs. For Arabic, for example, we have the Qatar Foundation supports the British Council in teaching and setting up programs in mainstream schools for the learning of Arabic. So that's mm. one big push is like trying to increase the learning of, of, of Arabic. Um, and also we have set up a home heritage and community languages uh, zone, and it's an advisory group which works with the Association for Language Learning. Mm-hmm. So if your listeners are keen to, to find out a little more, do go on that site, the Association for Language Learning, and we've got these language zones and we have guidance and a vision for how to support a wider range of languages in schools. Mm. Um, and we work with another organization, which is called the Association for School and College Leaders. So it's those influencers, you know, those head teachers, those leaders of schools. And we put out two guidance documents, one for primary schools and 
one for secondary schools to try to encourage the, the, the teachers in the school, the parents and communities around that school to work together to make sure that the school is language friendly, language rich, making sure that languages can be seen and heard, really visible uh, and audible within the schools so that we recognize that multilingualism or plurilingualism, whichever term you like to use, is a really good thing mm-hmm. and it, 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 it needs to be recognized yeah. and valued. Mm, certainly, certainly. Um, we also know that um, because it's the age of technology and and there is a very famous um, uh, app called Duolingo, um, you know, which oh, yes. hosts... Yeah, yes, absolutely, m- absolutely. Many people actually learn, you know, a variety of languages from that. Yes, um, yes they do. Uh, do you think that it has helped... Uh, to popularize language learning amongst uh, not just youngsters but all ages? Oh, I absolutely do. I absolutely think it's 100% a mm. very good thing to do, a really good thing to do. And it, it, as you say, it's all ages, so it's attracting young people, but also people who are retired and, and people going to work, you know, the learning languages on the, on the commute to, 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 their, to their employment, which is fabulous. So I think it really has created a culture where language learning is exciting. Mm-hmm. And, and what is your opinion on, on uh, such apps uh, as a tool to learn uh, the more conversational um, phrases of a language compared to the more formal register uh, taught in, in, in schools? Well, I think it's a very good thing. I think that the, 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 the conversational side is incredibly important. We need to connect to others, even if, even if it's only those first basic interpersonal competencies like how to greet people, how mm-hmm. to say sorry, uh, how to thank people, all of these things are so important. So I think those conversational aspects are really very strong. I think on the apps, obviously, they can give that, that context to, to learning conversational language. But I think the apps are getting better and better mm-hmm. at, at, at also supporting the, the structures and grammatical uh, progress that can be made in the language. I think they're getting really very strong. So you know, we can we can look at both aspects. Both aspects are important, and as you get more competent, you you grow and increase. The more you can understand both the conversational side of it, where you might lose some of the accuracy and grammatical competence if you get your message across. That's really really good news because you're connecting with other people. But then, as you learn and and refine and progress, you're going to build on your grammatical understanding so that you can speak in a wider range of registers and a wider range of purposes, and I think that's really extremely important. And the apps can help. Mm. They, they can really complement and, and work with, with formal education in instructed settings like schools and universities and colleges. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And and um, and one of the things that you maybe have said is that in schools we have different cultures, different people from different backgrounds. Yes. If we have like friends who speak a different language, maybe we can encourage each other to learn uh, each other's language and maybe use these kind of apps to you know enhance our language oh, and yes. so yes. it's it's a very very you know good tool to you know communicate and build bridges with with each other as well in different cultures yes. definitely yes. And definitely absolutely sorry i didn't mean to mm-hmm. interrupt you what were you saying and 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 lastly um from my side um What impact does being proficient in a, uh, in a second language have on uh, the employability of a person? Oh, I think this is incredibly important. 
Mm. We, we know from research that, that the businesses and the business world really values the range of language skills that we can bring. So the, the, the first message is, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about why that they value these, but the first message is that those youngsters who are attending supplementary schools with whom we work, with which we work a lot, really let's keep those going. Because I know that youngsters might think, oh, English is going to be enough. Don't let your language go. Don't let your culture go. Keep keep going. Keep that richness. Because the, the, the world of work, it makes you so much more proficient if you can see the world from other perspectives. If you have additional language skills, if you can see that, that, that there are different ways of approaching a problem, different solutions might be found. And that comes from having that flexibility, that, that cultural agility to, to see from different cultural perspectives how the world works. And it gives you empathy, it gives you, we know from research, it gives you cognitive strength, because when you're a bilingual, you have to suppress one code to communicate another, and that gives you very strong attention span, that gives you very, very, very great abilities to, to really focus on issues, so that, that cognitive flexibility, and to move from one uh, language to another with ease. But equally, the whole question of the, the, the cultural understanding to, to diversity that's extremely important and if you talk about global britain we need not only to have global languages but we need to have global cultural understanding and intercultural understanding mm. to enable us to work with others in a peaceful harmonious way and that's that's extremely important I, i've got a, i've got a, a quote which i'd like to, to give you actually I've got a couple of quotes if, if there's time yep, sure. one is from well as we're in as we're in the world Cup at the moment, and I'm sure that lots and lots of listeners are, are watching the World Cup and being mm. excited, or maybe not, by some of the games which have not been so good, but others have been very stimulating. But one of the players, Kevin De Bruyne, talked, in the, he was in an interview, and he, he, he was asked why European footballers seem so better educated than their British counterparts. And he said something really wise. Mm. He said, There are a lot of people from different countries who speak two or three languages where English players tend only to speak English. The difference mm. is languages. Mm. And he then said, with languages comes wisdom and humility, mm. the ability to put yourself in the shoes of others, a knowledge that your way is not the only way. I thought that was incredibly wise. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. 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 I mean, that that is very, very interesting. Um, and, you know, it's, it's quite true as well when you when you put it into uh, that perspective as well. Bernadette, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this afternoon. Uh, thank you so it's much for your contribution. To to you. Thank you so very much for inviting me and, and good luck to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck to you, too. That was uh, Bernadette Holmes. Very interesting, um, uh, you know, listening to her, speaking to her as well. Um, as I mentioned before, there was a brief audio clip that we wanted to listen mm -hmm. to as well. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the show. Let's just listen to that as well. It's of His Holiness, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. May Allah be uh, pleased with him. Why is it that the youngsters in this country who are brought up to be expected to learn Urdu? To learn Urdu? Yeah. Your parents? Oh, yeah, don't and you don't like it? No, it's not. I don't like it. It's just it's that I feel there why? Is, uh, there is a pressure, a social yes, pressure. Yes, I know. Yes, the reason is that you do not belong here in as far as your race is concerned. Racially, you are a different entity. 
and uh, you have been given the status of a Britisher just out of courtesy of these people. Just, just a minute. So, your social system is different, your religious concepts are different, and the whole way of life is different. So, just by giving you the social state, the status, national status of this country, the rest of the things won't change automatically. Now, if that is true, and this is true, then you, if you do not safeguard your own social values, your own social system and the way of life, then what would happen would be that you would ultimately land into a situation which is called split personality. You would be neither the British because ultimately whatever you may do, they would not accept you as one of them. Because their color, your color, your style, everything would be telltale. And however kind they may be, still the difference would, not, would remain there, there would be a barrier. And if you are not truly Pakistani and halfway in neither here nor there, then the Pakistanis would also not accept you as one of them. One of them. And uh, if you are a Muslim, the same thing would be applied there. Being a Muslim, you, would know, you will not know the social values of Islam and things. Now, people most often do not know that the language plays a very important role in safeguarding one's social values and religious values as well. If you know English only here, while living in here, then you simply cannot fully understand and absorb the oriental values which uh, are your background in reality. There will be a complete uh, insulation between you and your social system. So I have observed those intelligent people, whether they are living in America or other western countries, who teach their children Urdu or Pashto or Punjabi, Urdu is not a must. Whatever language is spoken in their houses, if they teach that language to their children, there are very few social problems for those children when they grow up. You were listening to a clip of Hazrat Khalifat al-Masih IV, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. A very beautiful answer indeed. The languages spoken by people around the world are all valuable at the diversity is something that should be celebrated. And we are unified through shared language in ways and we must not have been aware of. Um, thank you for listening and here is news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam radio. Uh, before the break, we were talking about languages. Um, and a very interesting show uh, or part of the show or segment that was as well but uh, we must uh, draw a conclusion to that as well and uh, come into our next segment which is about uh, health and how we can stay well how we can stay fit and healthy 
how we can keep ourselves um, away from the you know from 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 the from the odd flu or the cold this winter uh, as winter is uh, is is upon us um these as as these winter months are you know as we spoke about in the beginning of the show it's getting colder and colder and darker and darker and we often you know we we, we are often left feeling burnt out um, with less energy and lower moods as well mm. um it's it is true it, it is quite true that you know sometimes you wake up early in the morning um and it's still dark outside mm. um you know if it's raining that's it, it makes it worse yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you just literally you look outside um and you just don't want to do anything because mm. because it's so it's so grim it's dark it's it's raining and and it's cold as well it's mm. not just dark but it's cold as well it's cold as well as well. it makes it worse affects um, on your mood it affects a lot. your mood exactly mm. exactly mm. and this is why a lot of people have uh, you know tend to be in a more more of a bad mood mm. in this time as well of course people's spirits are lifted because of the uh, you know because of the festive season um but then you know before that after that you know because the weather is the same or sometimes it's even colder afterwards uh, because you know the 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 seasons are sort of shifting as well you know before mm. it used to be november december yeah. and january used to be the cold months now you know the most cold month is probably january or february as well mm. i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know how why um i mean obviously you know um, when it comes to uh, global warming or climate change or the, all these things have a have a factor or to play in this as well but when it comes to when it comes to these months or this time of the year this season um you know there is something that we need to do to lift people's spirits as well mm-hmm. and that's something that we're going to be speaking about um we're going to discuss a few tips on how we can keep healthy um this winter as well specifically expanding on the importance of keeping active um keeping warm and eating well as well yeah. so you know like i mentioned <coughs> staying fit and healthy um yeah. eating well not just eating junk food I mean, when it comes to the festive season a lot of people can actually forget about eating healthy and just eat whatever <laughs> whatever they want they to like, yeah. whatever they like <laughs> as well because a lot of things are also on sale mm. <laughs> um so you know that's also um uh, a major factor uh, in this as well now it's important to know that physical activity is essential in keeping healthy mm-hmm. and as muslims we should uh, we should uh, look after uh our 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 health as well when it comes to staying fit and healthy but also when it comes to uh of of course physical activity but also the nutrition the the what you know whatever we consume that's in moderation as well now the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he you know he he rode horses uh camels uh, regularly and kept himself physically active as well mm-hmm. it's narrated that when a famous meccan wrestler challenged him to a, to a wrestling match the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him took took up the challenge and beat that person not just once but mm. uh, but twice he beat mm. him twice and uh, we also um you know we will also be highlighting the role and importance of uh, of our, of our of our of our gut health further emphasizing why it is why it is essential to eat well to keep well mm. and finally we'll discuss the causes and symptoms of vitamin D deficiency and how we should supplement this uh, into our diets as well the reason why we're talking about the vitamin D specifically 
because if you look at our sort of you know our demographic our culture yeah. pakistani indian you know South, middle eastern bangladeshi as well mm. um you know southern eastern sorry southern eastern uh, uh, asia asian countries um we do have that vitamin d deficiency especially mm. the women of course they they're covered up anyway mm-hmm. there's not enough sunlight out for you know for us to get that as well mm-hmm. um di- you know directly from the sun so you know a lot of us uh, have this vitamin d deficiency as well and that's why it's important for us to sort of either take vitamins take tablets uh which can you know take supplements um and put that into our put that into our diet uh, as well so that mm-hmm. we can you know uh, benefit from this uh, from this uh, from this vitamin and so that we can stay healthy as well yeah i mean um, more and more people are mm. becoming aware of the importance of our gut and gut uh, microbiome in our health and immune system as well and yeah. um, our uh, gastrointestinal tract um is involved in the gi- digestion and uptake of the nutrients mm. uh, but it is also uh, you know it also plays a vital in immunity by protecting the body from uh, potentially harmful microbes as well and and as as mentioned when you have an underfunctional um immune system uh, you may experience symptoms um like tiredness and struggles uh, you know struggling with with sleep mm. uh, you frequently have colds and and a sore throat um you know injuries may be taking longer to heal um and digestive issues like bloating constipation and, and loose stools um these are all the things that happen when your immune system is weak um and research also has um you know shown uh links to depression and anxiety when there is an imbalance in uh, the gut microflora um so what can we do for our gut health and this is what we are going to discuss right mm. the first thing that we should be considering is a, a diversity uh, in our diet um um eat more vibrous and colorful foods like whole grains nuts mm. vegetables fruits and beans uh, and this will diversify the microflora uh, in your gut so usually when we eat when we have a diet it's most of the time always the same and we don't have a variety of 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 foods and because of that we have a lot of issues you know the issues that you know I've just mentioned you know mm. tiredness colds injuries that doesn't take that does take very long to heal so that's because your gut is you know there is an issue in your gut there's your your immune system is weak so if you're specifically looking for foods rich in healthy bacteria <clears throat> um which is um uh, you know helpful for your for your uh for your body fermented fermented foods um such as yogurt um mm. kefir uh, kombucha um sauerkraut pickles miso tempeh kimchi sourdough uh, bread and some cheeses will definitely help i mean a lot of things yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, i'll tell you that i don't even you know i've had to look up what all these things are but yeah. you know i think i need to add that to my <laughs> diet as well but yeah all these things are actually you know beneficial and as i was saying mm. myself as well i have a very one-sided 
you know diet so mm. i'll have most of the time same food but you know the more variety you have the more things you can more fruits and vegetables that's and true you know fermented that's true. food you add the the more healthier it is and we are mm. you know slowly and slowly forgetting fermenting foods as well because back in the days they used to ferment foods to keep it for longer mm, but it used yeah. to be healthier as well mm. compared to now we use the fridge so and it doesn't yeah, matter true. you know we yeah. just grab anything it's a magic box isn't magic it you put box. it in there and it's, and it's good forever <laughs> it's good forever but you know in fact fermented foods which last for longer and mm. it's also could be used for emergency as well is actually very good for your health mm. Now you've spoke about you know naturally fermented foods and mm. how it can also often are you know more more potent than other store bought uh, pills as well. So mm. consuming um, probiotic foods is far more effective than take uh, than taking uh, probiotic pills uh, that may not work as well. So when it comes to when it comes to how we can improve our our gut health. Of course, you know, there's different ways. There's different ways in which we can do that. We can cook with uh, with garlic, as it contains certain types of uh, prebiotics, and this also feeds the microbes uh, in our gut, enhancing immunity as well. So, mm. garlic is very is you know is is a, is a good sort of it's it's a good substance to put in your food as well. Yeah. And a lot of our Asian foods has garlic, has, has garlic yeah, in that, yeah. in that as well, isn't it? Well, the issue is yeah. that you know some of the the meals they do not fully fry the garlic and they'll have it full, so they mm. cut it and then they put it in the in uh, yeah. in the gravy. But uh, <laughs> what we we usually do is you know we grind it, and grind we, it, and put we it. we put it in the oil and we fry it and, and fry then we it, use yeah. it. As a, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think anything happens with it. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it but you know a lot of uh, the people they slice it and they put it in mm. uh, in, in the gravy whatever, or the gravy or, or the curry or whatever, whatever they're making whatever they're isn't it? it yeah that's that's how you should be eating it <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true because the if you look at if you look at the you know the southern Asian foods so yeah. you know our food Pakistani mm. Indian food it's uh, it's something which has got a lot of oil in it as well, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it kind of fries everything, kind of fries everything away, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Um, now, so, some, something else that we can actually do to improve our gut health as well is to make sure um, that our own bone broth, um, uh, you know, as, as, this is, as this is packed with uh, healthy nutrients like glutamine and uh, and other things as well, which help support a healthy digestive tract as well. Conse- uh, co- consequently, um, bolstering immu- bolstering immunity as well. So that's to make sure uh, to make your own bone broth. I so think it, in Asian uh, culture we you have, have this, that as well. Right? So is it? Is what, it bai? I, forgot, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, it's is bai, it bai, bai yeah, as well. Yeah, bai, yeah, yeah. Yes. So yes. you can have that. Uh, you can have that as well. Also, I mean that's I forgot, really healthy. I forgot yeah, the other I thing. I forgot the other thing. <clears> what it was as well. Uh, I forgot what it was called, um, but uh, it, it is really healthy. It is it really is. healthy. It is, yeah. If if it comes back to me, then I'll then I'll say it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I've forgotten. It. <laughs> if it comes back, then I'll say it. But yeah, buy is basic. Yeah, that's you know uh, cow feet. I mean, mm. it might when you when you if you're listening to that and you're unfamiliar with it, then it might seem a bit as in what what's this? <laughs> what's this weird thing? But if you 
when they when you cook it, mm. it's you know it's really nice. And it's uh, very nice. It's a bit sticky, but it's a bit sticky. Know, yeah. But the broth of it and yeah, and, and it's really healthy. It's very it's really healthy. healthy. And yeah. a lot and and people. I mean, it's traditionally it's a it's a breakfast. Mm. It's it's a breakfast what you what you actually have. So if you have that in the morning, you're 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 fit. You're healthy puff. and you're, you're you're puffed. It's like you're full of beans. I mean, yeah. not literally, but you're full of beans. You're very, mm. um, uh, you'll be very energetic and very mm. uh, ready for the day. Yeah, ready for the day as well. Mm. Um, so that's that's something which is uh, which is uh, which is quite healthy as well. Now also, cut back on uh, processed foods. I mean, that's a given, isn't it? That's yeah. that's something which is obvious as well, mm-hmm. as these can be troublesome uh, for the gut and yeah. try. Um, try eating winter seasonal fruits like grapefruit, yep. um, kiwis as well, mandarins and oranges, uh, vest- vegetables like broccoli, carrots, cauliflower. All of these different things mm. are, are very are very good. And uh, you can also stock uh, stock uh, stock up on uh, up the you know the, fr- the, the freezer with vegetables yeah. and also fruits as a as a cheaper and more versatile option yeah. as well. I mean, the, I, I don't know. I remember reading uh, some time ago that. Uh, sometimes frozen food mm. could be even healthier than you know getting fresh fruit from the uh, fruits and vegetables from from the, from the from the from the shops mm. uh, i don't know i don't remember maybe i could be wrong so mm. this is one of the things it, it is healthy it is cheaper as well mm. um so you know we shouldn't think that you know freezing stuff could you know harm our health or something like that even even mm. you know you said it as well yeah. that uh if you have all these foods, if, you, if it's frozen, you'll have it always. You don't have to go and buy them. Mm. And um, and also, w- when it comes to winter f- or seasonal Season, fruits, yeah. uh, I think whatever season is providing, whatever fruit and vegetables is providing at that season, you should be eating that because that's also, you know, fresh from the uh, from the, uh, from mm. the farms, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And also, um, you know. Definitely cut back on processed foods as well. Yeah, I remember His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, uh, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. Once you know when, when COVID was starting, yeah, um, and you know, you know, the lockdowns were coming in places or mm-hmm. initially in two mm-hmm. in twenty twenty, yeah, and uh, His Holiness was delivering his Friday sermons as well. And one yeah. w- in one of his Friday sermons, he mentioned. Um, you know, to 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 try your best to stay away from these processed foods as well, yeah. which have preservatives in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, he gave an example of crisps as well. Mm-hmm. So he said because crisps have a lot of these um, um, preservatives in them, mm-hmm. and they, they they you know they're not really that beneficial. They're not that good for for your body as well. Mm. I mean, the odd you know packet of crisps. That, I mean, that's fine, but. Some people are very, you know, they they're addicted. Uh, not addiction, not addicted, that, yeah. but they 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 have a habit of having cr- a lot mm. of crisps as well. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I like crisps. <laughs> I love crisps, but uh, you know, uh, in st- cutting back on that just a little bit is yeah. is important as well. Mm. Um, I I remember, I remember the words of His Holiness as yeah. well, and I thought it was something to do. It has something to do with. Um, spreading the coronavirus because mm. you know different yeah. people are handling yeah. the food and all that and you're buying it from people mm. making the food but then this just reminded me that mm. it was not just um you know handling it or so other people making the, the factory food maybe you, or yeah but it's it's actually because it's processed it's very harmful for your, harmful body, for as well. your body as well and let's say if you have a flu or something like that you know these kind of foods mm. you know it will 
not benefit you. Yeah, it will exactly. be more harmful for you if, exactly. you if your immune system is weak. Exactly. Yeah. So th- you know that's important to actually note uh, as well as well. Mm. Um, not only is eating well generally beneficial for your health, um, you know, as it is proven as well, but it's also a commandment of uh, of Allah the Almighty yeah. as well in the Holy Quran, where you know Allah the Almighty mentions um, in chapter two, verse one hundred and seventy-three, <coughs> "O ye who believe." Eat of the good things we have provided for you and render thanks to Allah if it is He whom you worship. Now here God Almighty, Allah the Almighty has mentioned that you know there's you know there's different types of things that we can eat. Mm-hmm. So all the good <coughs> things, the wholesome things, yeah. um, you know, the pure things, those are those are the things which you should uh, be eating. Yeah. And uh, that should be uh, promoted as well. Now you know, of, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that we can do to improve our health, our gut health. Uh, we just mentioned some as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some other things are you know get quality sleep, and a lot of people don't realize this, but sleeping is actually very healthy. If you sleep moderately, if you sleep at the appropriate time, mm-hmm. and you get up at the appropriate time, um, as uh, disturbed sleep can uh, it has you know it's shown links to causing an imbalance in your gut. Uh, mm. Microbes as well, mm-hmm. so it, it can be quite difficult uh, to 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 not you know to to sleep without getting disturbed. If you have young children, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that might be quite difficult. But you know, it's uh, it's something which uh, should be practiced if you know if mm. you th- if you know that there's not going to be any uh, disturbance as well. Sleeping on time, on time um, is very on time is very important. Important. I mean. Uh, um, uh, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings Allah be upon him, um, he also um, you know, taught us to sleep uh, immediately after after the Isha prayer or the last prayer, right? Mm. So when that does that happen, you know, it depends on when it gets dark, right? So nowadays it will be um, Isha prayer timings at the mosques. Uh, when we pray in congregation, we pray usually around 7, 8 o'clock. So by the time you go back, you know, you should be sleeping at nine, right? And then the the reason behind sleeping early and straight after Isha is so we can wake up early and wake up for the Fajr prayer. Mm. The, and this is what prayer. we are yeah. been blessed that you know we've been we have these prayers in order to pray them on time, and in order to wake up early for the Fajr prayer, the first prayer, which is pre-dawn, mm. pre-dawn uh, yeah. prayer prayed before the sun rise. Yeah. We have to sleep early, otherwise we'll be missing that, which is, you know, that prayer is compulsory for us. Mm. So it actually forces us to sleep on time as well and sleep, exactly. you know, enough, I, I'll guess, um, if you don't have children, of course, <laughs> <laughs> or if they disturb you too much, but uh, <laughs> if or if they're still young. Um, but if you can sleep on time, that's the best. Um, and uh, a disturbed sleep, um, you know, it has shown to of course cause an imbalance in your gut microbes um, and, and 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 apart from that we ha- also have exercise exactly so exactly. exercise and sleeping has also a link with each other because yeah. if you are not sleeping enough uh, the exercise will affect you because mm. whatever you're doing you won't improve in that or you will feel fatigue the whole day because you're not sleeping enough mm. so uh, you know when when you're when you're sleeping uh, as well mm-hmm. then you know it's uh, you know it's well, I mean scientists and doctors say that 
talking specifically about children, mm-hmm. that they grow in their sleep. So sometimes mm-hmm. you and and <coughs> I I've, I've seen this as well with my with my children as well that you know when they were very very young, mm. then you know you know they were particular height or whatever, and then they sleep. And then the next day, you would think, oh, they've grown a little bit. <laughs> and when, especially, you know, when when they're just born mm. uh, up till the age of one, mm. then you can see the the most amount of difference mm. in that as well. Um, you know, but you know, I mean, doctors do say, scientists do say that you know, children grow in their sleep. So this is why sleeping for children is very important as well. Yeah. Um, but also, um, when you're talking about uh, exercise, mm. now. Sleeping has also, you know, Allah the Almighty mentions in the Holy Quran that sleeping is there as a, as a sort of rest for us. Mm. Now, if you're doing exercise, the best time to sleep is at night time. Yeah, and uh, when you sleep at night time, it, your, it mentions your body in the Holy Quran as well, right? The exactly. night is made for you to the sleep. The night is made for you to for to, you to sleep. For to sleep, and yeah. the day is for you to go out and do the mm. activities as well. Mm-hmm. And then because the night time. Is for is for sleeping and it, and also the Holy Quran mentions that sleeping is also it has a has a cure for you as well. Mm. So when you sleep, your you know your when you're doing exercise, you can your you're healing also at the same time. Yeah, and so you're able to do more exercise. Mm. You know the next time, the next day, or whatever. Yeah, and the more exercise you're doing, the better your sleep will also be because mm. then you'll be tired. And then you would want to sleep. Some people, you know, they suffer from insomnia, hmm. and they also say themselves that when they do exercise, when they go to the gym, or whether they do any physical activities such as you know playing any sort of sports, then that night they can sleep good. Hmm. But then the the time that they don't do any physical exercise, then then because they're not that tired, they get insomnia. They they just can't sleep. Yeah. So exercise, as you mentioned, very important. Yeah. V- very very much important. Very important. I mean. Um, uh, when it comes to sleeping as well, I was just reading somewhere that um, people compared to when there are people who sleep five to six hours, right? And then people who sleep seven to eight hours. Those people who sleep five to six hours, mm. and they've seen that they, you know, inside and even their appearance as well, mm. they're 10 years older than their actual age, right? Mm. And mm. And those people who sleep enough, they look younger as well. So sleeping enough means, uh, you know, you ha- having at least seven to eight hours of sleep, and eight hours is ideal for for everyone, I guess. For uh, of course, for um, adults as well, and it is it, it does affect your you know a lot of your health as well. Hmm. So of course, uh, you know, exercise when you do it, um, you have to sleep enough, and exercise is also something that you know helps your immune system and, uh, you know, reduces the inflammation and and stress level as well. Um, You know, a lot of people, when they are stressed, Mm. uh, if they're just sitting somewhere or doing just normal things, they'll be more stressed than someone who does exercise. Because, you know, most Mm. of the time when you exercise, who thinks of, okay, whatever is going on? Mm. You most of the time you're moving and if yeah. you do one or two hours exercise mm. you know that's the best moment you know you feel like there is no stress at all exactly. so if you you know have stress issues then uh, including exercise is very very beneficial absolutely absolutely now following on from this um, we should keep uh, stress less levels under control as well as stress weakens the immune system mm. you know of course I mean it is easy to say that but um it's quite difficult to actually practice that as well, especially for those people who 
who do sort of get stressed mm. quite a lot uh, as well, it might be quite difficult for them. So mm-hmm. it's important to get medication. Mm-hmm. It's important to get checked up uh, as well. Um, but also, you know, there's different tips and uh, exercises that people can do, yoga, other mm. exercises that people can do to relieve stress as well. We don't always have to rely on, uh, on you know, other things, other substances. Um, I won't go into too much detail as well, but, uh, you know, such as drugs and that that sort of avenue as well. Yeah. But also, the NHS recommends uh, supplementing vitamin D. And we spoke a little bit about this before. So not only is this essential for gut health, but also overall, um, sort overall of uh, health. overall our, our health as well. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Now, um, why why is it important? Why is it important for vitamin D? And what uh, deficiency uh, you know in this vitamin can actually look like as well? So mm. it's important to know that we have um, that, that we have to take uh, the best care of ourselves mm. and learn how to nourish our bodies correctly. As it, as the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has also has said that there are two blessings that many people are are sort of deceived into losing. And that, you know, sometimes we take that for granted. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is health, you know, so having good health, yeah. sound health. Yep. And the other is free time. Hmm. So a lot of the time people waste those things as well. Yeah. We or, or we take it for granted. Um, so that's that. And talking a little bit more about uh, vitamin D deficiency, um, uh, you know, to, to actually, I mean, talk about this further, or this topic of vitamin D, it helps regulate the amount of mm. uh, phosphate and calcium within our bodies, which are you know essential mm. uh, for our bones to keep our bones healthy, to keep our teeth, uh, uh, sorry, to keep our teeth <laughs> healthy and our muscles healthy as mm. well. Um, also, it can uh, you know vitamin D deficiency can also lead to um, bone problems, mm-hmm. and uh, you know such as bone pains. Um, aches, you know, sometimes we can get, you know, stiffness in our bones as well, mm-hmm. fatigue, you know, getting tired and not being able to sleep well, you know, as we spoke about that as well. Um, depression, it can also be, it, c- it can also lead to depression mm-hmm. or feeling upset, feeling uh, anxious as well. Mm-hmm. Um, something else which c- it can do is hair loss. Yeah. Um and you know hair loss is something which uh you know a, a lot of people do face this. Um it's a genetical thing as well. Mm. But but you know if somebody is uh, has got a deficiency in vitamin D mm. they can lose their hair as well. Um with you know bone pains, bone achiness, there's also muscle weakness as well. Yeah. So it's not just weakness in the bones but also weakness in the muscles as well. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Also, uh, it's not, um, you know, obviously these things are, are something which uh, have, an, ha, 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 have an effect on your physical well-being, but also on your appetite as well. Mm. So, you you know, they might not be able to eat that much because they don't want to. They've lost their appetite. Mm. They can also have pale skin mm. and they can be, they can get sick uh, a lot more and a lot easier as well. Mm. So feeling nauseous and uh, these things as well. But what we we can naturally yeah get vitamin d as well we can, we can get naturally vitamin d as well i mean yeah. you know th- all these points that you you mentioned um <coughs> you, know, you see that as well when you have a deficiency in in, in vitamin d you'll yeah. get this one by one by one right yeah. and and you know you uh realize this as well that okay you know what um i have this and then you should work on it you should start you know having vitamin d's and this is what doctors say 
So if you start, you know, for those who are listening, if you have a, a bone deformi- a, a bone deformities or or bone pains or fatigue or depression or feeling upset, hair loss, yeah. muscle weakness, loss yeah. of appetite, pale skin, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, all these things are signs that you are you know you're not having enough vitamin d and as you just mentioned that vitamin d you can have them naturally as well mm. so f- you know when you have a variety of foods where you have fatty fish like salmon yeah. trout tuna and mackerel um or canned fish as yeah. well like herring and sardines um these have vitamin d in them uh, when you look at eggs egg yolks help yeah. as well with vitamin D beef liver as well you know sometimes we will go to the um, uh, meat shop and we would only buy meat right but we avoid sometimes or we don't look at the liver but liver actually has a lot of uh, vitamin D in itself um, and also vitam- uh, fish liver has, has mm. vitamin D I'm, I'm not sure if I have had a, ever had a fish liver um, you can't buy it separately, isn't it? It's just, it's a. I'm I'm not sure, you know. Uh, nah. Maybe maybe <laughs> maybe maybe tablets. <laughs> maybe tablets, yeah. It's uh, the because you get the omega three. Omega three. Um, uh, oh yes. The yes. the oil as well, oil isn't as it? As well, yeah. So you could be that is definitely there. Hmm. Um, but specifically fish liver, maybe hmm. it's fish liver oil or, or mm-hmm. something like that. Hmm. Um, now, due due to lack of vitamin D in our diets, there are some other foods. Um, which uh, have vitamin D in them, and uh, as well, you know these things which you mentioned. Mm. Um, you know, there's n- these things are sort of easily available as well. Mm. You can get those canned fish. Uh, salmon is easily available as well. Yeah. Tuna, mackerel, trout, uh, egg yolks. You know, all mm. of these things are easily available as mm. well. Now, also, um, there's not a lot of natural sources from this vitamin, but uh, when it co- it's worth checking labels on these fruit products the ones I'm going to say uh, when you know when doing shopping as well such as uh, uh, breakfast cereals mm-hmm. um, milk almond milk soy milk there's different kinds of milk uh, orange juice and oatmeal so uh, you know this uh, this is uh, quite interesting uh, quite in- interesting as well mm-hmm. um, now the best source of vitamin D is natural sunlight you know it's just that's natural pure <laughs> that's not something we get a lot that's in, the in thing. the UK exactly exactly yeah. and this is why a lot of uh, you know a lot of the you know the the, the Muslim women hmm. um, when they come when they come to you know UK especially and these European countries because especially here in the UK because you don't get that much sunlight anyway right. hmm. and even when they do go out they're also covered anyway hmm. so this is a problem that they have over when they come over here but yeah. in Pakistan India Bangladesh all these places even in the Middle East they they don't they, they you know it's a little bit less than, than over here yeah because we've got enough in the those sun, countries we've, yeah, this, we've got enough sun, sun and there's yeah, always sun, sun. <laughs> there's always sun yeah. <laughs> I mean even for those people who do not wear yeah. the whole hijab thing even you know men as well we don't get enough uh, you know, sunlight from yeah, true. from from it's the not UK. just women it's, the, it's, it's, the, yeah. it's, it's men as well exactly and I think from food we can we can get them even even if it, we don't get it from from sunlight uh, we should look at you know these kind of foods which has um, you know these kind of, uh, uh, which is rich in vitamin D and uh, mm. 
I think the best way to make sure that we have all these vitamins in our diet is make a maybe a, a diet plan. Diet plan, and yeah. have let's say fish one day, beef liver one day, um, uh, eggs well, every day, tuna, maybe yeah, whatever, tuna, whatever it yeah. is, salmon. Yeah, the best way is to have a variety and make a, um, a, a, a you know a, a table plan, chart, a plan, table yeah, chart, yeah, exactly. And exactly. You you won't get bored of it either because that's true. You know you have a variety. You ha- you're not having it every day, so yeah, it's uh, something that uh, you know people should can, be looked uh, into, isn't looked it? Looked into, yeah, definitely. Now, obviously, if somebody thinks that they you know is is troubling them, they have these symptoms that we mentioned before as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should contact their 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 GP, the NHS. They, should, they can go to the to you know to to the doctors for the help as well. Um, but aside from dietary changes and vitamin D supplementation, it's essential to keep warm in winter months as well. Mm. I mean, yes, it, we should do this, but uh, I know it's difficult when it comes to as the as the cost of living is going up, mm-hmm. the energy bills are going up. It's 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 difficult to actually put the heating on for for a long time, yeah, because obviously it costs a lot, um, and you know the energy bills are are rising so much, mm. but. Wherever we can, you know, we can put on socks. We can keep the so- we can keep our socks on yeah. um, at home as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like to wear socks at home. No, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I always take my socks off. But yeah. you know, when you when you're feeling cold, then it's something that you have to do, isn't it? Mm. You can just you can keep your jacket or your jumper, keep like a uh, uh, a warm hoodie on at mm. home, or uh, wear a scarf. You mm. know, some people think that you can't wear these things at home, but you can. You yeah, can. there's nothing you wrong. You can wear your hat at home, you know, yeah. woolly hat, or yeah. or your scarf. Or if you have to, then you have to, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, you, you should stay warm, and this can mm. prevent colds, flu, um, health problems like heart attacks, strokes, mm. pneumonia, depression. So all of these things are linked, and, the, and keeping warm is very, very much important. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, with all of these things, if we're keeping ourselves healthy physically as mm. well as nutritionally as well, mm. and also keeping ourselves warm, yeah, right. Sometimes we go outside, we think it's not that it's not going to be that cold, but then you know, it, it suddenly gets very cold, and you don't have a jumper, you don't have a jacket. Yeah. So it's important to actually prepare for that as well. Yeah. You can also you can always take layers off, but you can't put layers back on. Yeah, If exactly. you're if you're outside, isn't yeah. it? If you you know because. You said like um, you know um, you don't like to wear socks at home. Yeah. <laughs> Me either. But when you have this habit of doing it, mm. uh, you know you're saving energy as well. But then also you're always prepared. So when you <laughs> yeah. when you wear layers at home, mm. it will definitely wear extra layers at, at you know outside. outside. Yeah. But when you're at home, you can't really feel how <laughs> cold it is outside. So it's yeah, it's true. always good to have those layers because you know, like you said you can take it off you yeah. can take it off but if you don't have anything you can't. Then, then it's difficult isn't it's, it? difficult. it's difficult yeah <laughs> exactly now um, there was uh, we were fortunate to interview uh, Dr. Dr. Tehseen Khan who is a GP in London and a clinical director uh, of a primary care network in Hackney let's listen uh, to that uh, right now Dr. Tessim Khan, who is a GP in London and clinical director of a primary care network in Hackney. He has also worked on the COVID vaccination program across London over the past two years as a senior clinical advisor. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tessim Khan. Thank you for having me. Great to be on. Um, so 
could you please tell us what we can do in the winter months to keep well and healthy? Yeah, so it's really following the key uh, advice that we give about healthy lifestyle, really. So making sure that your exercise and diet um, are maintained throughout the winter months. Um, it can be tempting to eat a lot of sugar uh, and carbohydrates, fatty foods uh, over the winter because your body sort of craves that kind of food. Um, and also lots of uh, sweet things, lots of chocolate uh, on the run-up to Christmas, even if you don't celebrate it. Often we go to work and we see lots of chocolate, certainly in my surgery. Uh, there's always boxes of chocolates around this time of year. So mm. it can be tempting to, you know, have these sugary uh, foods and and, uh, and that means that your weight can increase. So making sure that you eat at least five fruits and vegetables a day, um, also making sure that you carry on exercising. So one of the differences obviously is that the evenings are, are longer, they're darker. Uh, and so whereas you might have wanted to go out for a walk or a run uh, in the evening during summer, you might not want to do that in the evening uh, in winter. But actually to try and get into the habit, it might be worth, you know, getting together with a group of friends and going for a walk even in, in the dark in the evening. And, and that can help keep uh, you healthy. Um, and But making sure that it's a brisk walk, so uh, that get your heart pumping uh, and, and get a bit sweaty when you're exercising. That's the best kind of exercise that you can do. Um, and then the other thing, and this is really important, is to make sure that you've had uh, the flu and COVID vaccines when you're invited and any other vaccines that you're invited to if you're eligible, uh, because this is the best way and the most uh, effective way and the safest way to keep you uh, infection-free over winter. We know that COVID and flu circulates more in the winter and there's more risk. Uh, so making sure that you do come forward when you have uh, the invitation. Um, beyond that, there's the general advice around hands, face, face, you know, making sure you wash hands, uh, making sure that you cover your face in crowds. And if you are meeting friends and family, actually just opening the window a little can help circulate any viruses that might be there, whether that was COVID, flu or common colds, and that will reduce your risk of becoming unwell over winter. Some really great advice. And, you know, with with the current economic crisis, you know, I'm sure you're aware that many people are finding it difficult to heat their homes. Do you have any tips or advice in this regard? How can we keep warm and avoid illness? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's a terrible situation where people are choosing between heating and eating. I've had uh, many conversations with my patients that are struggling with bills uh, and rent. And, you know, I, I think it is a really difficult situation for people. Um, I think there's a few things that are happening that um, may help some people. So I know that local councils have got some advice. So it'd be worth uh, checking in with your local council because often they can help you with bills or can can kind of direct you to any hardship um, funding that might be available for you. Things like reduction of your council tax, for example. It might be that you're eligible to something that you don't know about. So it's always worth having a look at your local council website. I know that in a lot of areas they are planning to open and already have opened some keep warm centres. So instead of the, you know, instead of being in a cold house because you're worried about the bills, actually going into a larger community centre um, or some sports centres are doing it and cafes are doing it where, you know, a group of people will get together and, and keep warm and things like hot drinks and soup is provided. 
Um, and, you know, the other thing, as I mentioned previously, if you're able to doing a bit of exercise, that generates heat. So um, it, it does, moving around and doing exercise can help you keep warm. Uh, but I know that's limited and, you know, it's not the same as keeping on the he heating. I'm not suggesting that, that it's, it's a replacement for that. Um, and things like keeping hydrated with a warm drink um, is, is important as well. Um, and then lastly, I think accessing your um, GP surgery, because we have some social prescribers who, uh, again, are linked up with council services, voluntary sector organisations that may be able to help um, and you can access social prescribers through your GP surgery, and they cover um, all surgeries ac across uh, London. So it'd be worth having a chat with your surgery whether that option is there. Right, and you you mentioned it, but why is eating well and keeping active essential? Like, how does it actually help with your uh, immunity? Mm, yeah, really good question. So eating well maintains your Kind of energy level if you like so having complex carbohydrates plant proteins fruits and vegetables nuts and seeds um, can make sure that your energy levels and your glucose levels and your blood sugar, sugar levels are maintained um, and it can help keep your energy stabilized so that you're less likely to have crashes and feel really hungry and then eat junk food um, it also means that you're repairing your cells and you're providing nutrients for our immune system. So the vitamins, minerals, antioxidants that come from uh, fruits and vegetables are really important from your, for your immune system. Um, the other thing about um, exercise, for example, is that you release endorphins, which help to improve immunity. Um, and also it, it sort of helps with um, helping with anxiety, stress and mood. And we know that this has a direct link on, on immunity. So the more stressed you are, the more stress hormones are circulating in your body and then that directly uh, inhibits or stops your immune system from working uh, effectively. So it's really important to keep those um, lifestyle factors in order. So make, making sure that you do eat healthily and exercise as much as you can. Right. And... Um... Could you please expand on the guidance provided by the NHS on taking vitamin D supplements? So the government guidance is that everyone should consider taking their daily vitamin D supplements, especially during autumn and winter. Um, now, I tend to advise particularly darker-skinned patients, so um, black and Asian patients, to actually probably take a vitamin D tablet throughout the year. Um, so usually 10 micrograms, which is uh, 400 international units, um, is enough vitamin D uh, to take every day. Um, and that's that's a general advice to continue that. But there may be some people at higher risk of not getting enough vitamin D. So all children aged one to four, pregnant women and babies um, should take a supplement throughout the year uh, as well in particular because they're, they're more at risk of deficiency of vitamin D. Right. And um, why is vitamin D so important? And Like what can vitamin D deficiency look like? So vitamin D helps to regulate the amount of calcium and phosphate in the body. Now these are two really important um, elements in your body that help to regulate cell function, they um, help um, your nerve activity, your bones, your muscles, so they're absolutely essential. Um, and so vitamin D helps regulate that and um, that that sort of means that if there's any deficiency in vitamin D, it can cause problems with your calcium um, regulation in your body. 
uh, and that can then, because calcium is essential for bone development, um, it can cause problems within children in particular where they have a condition called rickets, uh, where they have a really unstable bone structure um, and, and abnormal shaped legs because actually they're not getting enough calcium and it's not leading to healthy bone development. And in adults, it can also cause thinning of the bone, so it's more likely to fracture. Uh, so that's a condition called osteomalacia in adults. So really important vitamin um, to continue to supplement uh, throughout the year, but particularly in autumn and winter. Right. And are vitamin D supplements effective? Like, why is it so difficult to supplement vitamin D into our diets from foods? Yeah, so the body creates vitamin D from direct sunlight on the skin uh, when you're outdoors. So actually in a lot of countries uh, where there's a lot of sunlight, uh, most people are already topped up with vitamin D actually for most of the year. Um, in this country, we don't have as much sunlight even in the summer, although I know it's, it's changing because of climate change. Um, but particularly between October and early March, we don't make enough vitamin D because of, of that sunlight uh, not being there. And so most people in this country become deficient of vitamin D. Um, and it's found in a small number of foods. So things like oily fish, like salmon, sardines, herring, has vitamin D in it. Uh, things like mushrooms also has quite a lot of uh, vitamin D, uh, liver, egg yolks, and then some fortified foods, so things like fat spreads and breakfast cereals um, have additional vitamin D. So you can you can increase your vitamin D um, through diet, uh, but usually, yeah, it, you, you probably do need some additional vitamin D kind of that you can get over the counter uh, or from, from a health shop uh, at 10 micrograms a day as advised by the government, particularly in autumn and winter. And that will just basically keep you topped up um, if you have a balanced diet uh, full of fruit and vegetables uh, and things like plant, plant proteins, you're most likely going to cover all of the other vitamins and minerals in your diet. It's just that vitamin D that's in is sort of not as, as, as plentiful supply within your diet and is required um, by, you know, is made by sunlight. That's really interesting and really helpful advice. Thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much. Really good to talk to you. You were just listening to um, Dr. Tehseen Khan um, being interviewed about uh, the winter health and um, how we could stay ourselves healthy, especially by taking vitamin D and why uh, it is so important for us um, to take it. Uh, but aside from the dietary changes and vitamin D supplementation, um, it is essential to keep ourselves warm as well um, uh, in in the, the the winter month, and this can help us from you know colds, uh, flu, and health problems like heart attacks, strokes, uh, pneumonia, and, and 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 depression as well. I mean, um, the weather and the cold can also affect your your mood as well, and especially when it comes to depression, that can also affect. Uh, your mental health. Um, we do understand that with the current economic crisis, it is becoming very hard for us, um, you know, to warm up our houses in this winter. And so we recommend getting in touch with the government authorities 
to find out if you may be eligible for any benefits or any financial support because uh, a lot of people they might not know uh, what sort of benefits they might be entitled to or um, what sort of benefits they can get um, and so you can always uh, visit the government website and uh, you know search for any um, eligible uh, you know any benefits that you might get another way to keep yourself warm in this winter is to keep moving and exercise is one of the best things you can do uh, at home not try not to sit down st- still for more than an hour at a time uh, even if you are only moving around a little bit um, this can help stimulate your blood circulation and this can help you to keep yourself warm as well and i remember um a while ago we were having a discussion on how to uh, keep your home clean because me as being a muslim um my belief is and the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah has taught us that half of our faith is cleanliness so when you stay clean uh, or keep your surroundings clean you know inside as well you feel like more you know that you feel like you're clean and and you're fresh and you're ready to do everything so um it's a it's i mean it's it's a good opportunity as well in the winter that let's say okay um after every 45 minutes let's say let's clean for something for 15 minutes or um, you know let's set the the you know let, let's broom or let's hoover something and every day have some sort of um you know daily chores that you do at home so you keep yourself warm as well uh you know you're not just uh um doing exercise but you are also cleaning your house and you you're keeping yourself warm as well so this is a very good you know thing that you could do um, also, with the darker and colder evenings, it can feel a bit daunting to go outside uh, for a long run. So instead of you know going for a run, uh, perhaps you can get a group of friends together and plan an activity like football or basketball together. Um, or you can also try some uh, you know home exercises. Um, you know there are num- there are numerous tutorials on how to play things maybe online you know that can easily be implemented in your um, daily routine um, ensure that you have received your winter vaccinations as well if you know you are at a risk uh, of becoming ill um, you can also have a, a green tea or any type of tea um, that helps you know tea helps you a lot with um, you know health um, you know, it has a lot of health benefits and dates back to the ancient China. Uh, especially research has shown that tea can have antioxidant effects which improve mental and physical health. Uh, and, and, and finally, keep yourself hydrated. Drink a lot of water. Um, um, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, the founder of the, uh, of the Ahmadi Muslim community, the Promised Messiah, explains that so far as our eating, drinking, sleeping and awaking are concerned, they are essential physical actions and they affect our spiritual well-being. Our physical figure is manifestly related to our man- humanity. The relationship of our body and soul is such that one cannot explain it easily. Careful observation shows that the body is the mother to the soul. So if you take care of your body, your soul will be healthy as well.
um, he further states that provide uh, you know uh, provided with de- uh, defensive works as protection against attack. So supporting the importance of having a well-balanced diet and a healthy lifestyle uh, to help us keep well in this winter. Um, thank you very much for listening uh, to today's show. I would like to thank Zohra Mubashir and Hania Javed who worked hard on making this um, show happen um, and also I would like to thank the tech team Akib Ahmed and, and, and his colleagues so thank you very much to all of you for the hard work and thank you for the listeners for listening for today's show um, and we are at the end of the show and here is the news